0: You're visiting today. God bless you. Thank you for coming. I know some couples came back, so good to have you back here today. But uh, Stacy uh, is our worship leader. Uh, she is our bookkeeper. She's our kids' church leader. Uh, she does a lot of wears a lot of different hats around here. Her husband Dan is on our board. He's in the back right there. Hello, Dan. Their uh, their children. Uh, Ava is the oldest. Uh, Jack does Tuesday talk with me on live stream. Elda does Thursday talk on live stream every Thursday. And this family is committed and faithful. And so I gladly and humbly introduce my daughter to preach to the church today. Stacey Amendola-Johnson, come. Give us the word. Yes,
1: sir. You all ready? I'm ready. Okay. Hi, church. How are you doing? Are we good, James? All right. But it's an honor to be up here at the pulpit, Pastor Pop. I don't take it lightly. Thank you for the privilege. Um, I was going to give you a little intro about who I am, but I think my dad covered it. Um, I was trying to think if I of how quickly I could, you know, like introduce myself. And I timed myself doing it, and it was way too long. So um, forget that. Just know I'm Stacy. I'm a worshiper. I have a shepherd's call on my life, so I love when I have the opportunity to share the Word of God with you. Dan and I met um, 20 years ago. We've been married for 19 and a half, it was God's perfect design. Um, Pastor mentioned our three kids that are here. When I married Dan 19 and a half years ago, I also became a stepmom. Um, to our, our 22-year-old, Leah. She is now married. She lives in North Carolina with her husband, Will. They're both serving in our military and the National Guard, and she's pursuing um, her master's degree, so we're really proud of her. Um, but I am, I'm really excited to be up here. Pastor's been preaching up a storm this year, 2024. It's been so great. Hasn't it been just great? hearing the word this year. Pastor preached about spiritual sacrifices, which was a convicting, beautiful message. If you weren't here, if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and listen. Um he talked about he preached and shared about how Jesus is our chief cornerstone, how we, he needs to be the what we build our life on, right? And last Sunday was a really beautiful word about how called how we were sojourners, how to quote pastor, heaven is right there, how we are living here with the knowledge that eternity is close. And um, I'm always so, I want to say surprised, but that's really not the word, um... Excited when the Lord directs even when I speak or when I have an opportunity to preach because I, this was rolling around in my spirit and I asked Pastor, how about January? It didn't work and today I feel like the Lord is just like setting us up to hear what he has for us. Amen? Yes. Amen. All right. I hope that you have your Bibles today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be reading. You can follow along if you want but I, I encourage you to, to take out your Bible. Let's just pray again and ask the Lord to move. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you, Lord, that your word is living and it speaks to us, Father. I thank you, Father, for already meeting with us. I thank you for already stirring us with your Holy Spirit, and I ask that you use this time. Speak through me, Father. Take what I'm offering. Lord, bless us, change us, convict us, pull us closer to you. In your mighty name we pray, amen. Amen? Church, all right. Um, so let's see. I I was scrolling social media the other day, and you know how we do, and I saw this tagline for a book. It was I love books, and it was this beautiful like leather bound book, and it had you know a little tag to pull you in. I want to read it to you, okay? It sucked me right in. Raw, honest, just imagine, like good photography, a good image, like the book was beautiful, there was like a blurred coffee cup in the back, like it just like invited you right in. Raw, honest poems telling the stories of humans and the desire to know God. Mm Mm-hmm, listening. This ancient, timeless, bound book of poetry and song highlights the full range of emotional and spiritual experiences we live through as humans. I'm in. I'm in now, right? Learn with us about mourning, grief, lament, love, joy, forgiveness, and what it means to connect with God in the midst of our complex lives. This is a sprawling, creative, epic tale about our life with God, community, and creation. Click, done, I'm in, right? That pulled me right in. To my wonder and surprise, when I clicked the link, it was for the book of Psalms, which is the, the right kind of in the middle of the word of God that I know to be true and living and for us today. So uh, that book is on my list. I didn't buy it yet, but I think I will just for that marketing because it was so good. Um, so I want to preach to you this morning from the Psalms. I love the book of Psalms. If you've been here, if you've been around, you know that. It is, it's my personal practice to read through the Psalms just throughout, ongoing throughout the year there 's one hundred and fifty, some are short, some are long, some days, no matter how many times you've read them, you just the holy Spirit breathes, breathes new revelation, sometimes you read it because I read it because it 's good for me because I know it 's good for me some weeks it takes me a whole week to get through one just to really let it sink in but I challenge you to to read one every day and let the Lord speak to you. The Psalms are the gospel in its simplest form right in the Old Testament. I love reading the Psalms because I know that Jesus, when he was on earth, would have known the Psalms and sung the Psalms, and that is exciting to me, to read words that I know that that my Savior, when he was living as a Jewish kid and man, would have known and loved and valued. Um, I know because Jesus quoted the Psalms in the New Testament over and over, Jesus points us to the psalms, and the psalms always, always point us back to Christ and to God, our creator. So this book of psalms is a beautiful compilation of poetry, of songs of worship, mostly written by King David, a flawed man after God's heart. I love him. It was written by other worshipers, um, and a few were written by Solomon, who was the King David's son and also a man after God's heart, a flawed man who loved the Lord so much, who the Lord loved so much that he asked Solomon, what do you want? And Solomon asked for wisdom and God gave it to him. Um, Jesus spoke through his own words while he was speaking to his disciples, reminded us of the value of the Psalms, of the scripture. Luke 24 tells us that everything must be fulfilled if it's in God's word. John 10 says the scripture, the word of God can't be broken. It's not to be added to or take anything taken away from it. It is whole the way it is, even the Psalms, right? Um, John 10, uh, let's see, Mark tells us that Jesus says with his own words that the Psalms of old were inspired, were breathed by the Holy Spirit, which tells us that they matter to us today. They aren't just creative musings from an artist or a worshiper, but they are valuable and they are living and breathing and for us. All right, are you hooked now too? Come on! All right, I'm gonna read. I want to preach to you today from Psalm 127. You can turn there if you want. Let's read it together. This psalm is um, a collection of psalms that are attributed to Solomon, King Solomon. Um, It's a little unclear if he wrote the psalm or if it was written for him. But either way, it was. It's a collection of songs called the Song of Ascents. And they are um, a collection, a playlist, if you will, of of songs and psalms that the Jewish people would sing when they were on their way to the pilgrimage to Jerusalem three times a year. A holy pilgrimage. This was like the events of the year. Three times a year, no matter where. The Jewish people were, they would stop their life and travel to Jerusalem. And these were the songs that they sang. Pastors started the service by, you know, reminding us to look up. These songs were written to remind the people to look up to the Lord. A lot of them even say, I lift my eyes because spiritually they were going to church and physically they were walking up. To Jerusalem, to the temple. So um, that's where we are here. This is a collection. A lot of these psalms of ascents tell us, yes, lift your eyes to the hills. Look to the Lord who helps you. And then Solomon gets real practical. And he says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring is a great reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies at their doorstep. Amen. That is a good one. It's at the same. It's it's both convicting and encouraging at the same time, because it's basically telling us like anything you you can work as hard as you want, you can do everything in your power, you can hustle all day, but if you don't do it with the Lord, it's useless. And that's a little discouraging in a way. Until we remember that um, why why would we want to build without the Lord anyway, right? Um, John 15 tells us that apart from the Lord we have no good thing. Um, John 3 says that you know a person doesn't receive anything unless it comes from the Lord. And in the same, in that same vein, Psalm 37 tells us to delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of our heart. So the Lord isn't saying, you know, don't build a house, don't build your life, don't work hard, don't watch over what you have. He's saying unless you do it with Me, it means nothing. We are all building something, whether we like it or not, right? We are all living life. We are all um, le- le- going to leave something behind when we leave, right? And whether we want to think about it or not, our, th- our days on earth are numbered. Our, our life could end today. We could take our last breath on earth today. Or Jesus could come back today. Um, he, you know, We know that that is the truth, that We don't know the time or the hour or the minute, but Jesus is coming back. And we will stand face to face with him. And we will be waiting to hear, like my little one said, man, I can't wait to hear the words, well done. And I can't either. I can't wait to hear the words from my Savior, well done, I know you. I can't wait to look Jesus in the face and say, he he knows me. I know you. Lord, well done. You are welcome in. Because the alternative is Jesus looking at us and saying, I don't know you at all. I don't know you. You heard my voice, but you didn't do what I said, and you don't. You can't come in. So this morning, I want to talk to you about um, the idea of building our home, watching our city, understanding that children are a blessing, in the with the idea that. The Hebrew words for son and daughter and family are rooted in the word home. The, the word for city and community go back to home, which leads us right back. To, it's like a circle that leads us back to family. So when the psalmist is talking about the Lord building our house and the, the security, the watchman watching the city, he's talking about the, our life. Whether it's our blood family, our chosen family, whoever our, our life touches, whatever lives our life touches is what we're talking about in the Psalms today. So when I, when I say the house or what are you building, I'm talking about your life, your heart, your mind, your ch- if you have children, your children your blood family, or your chosen family, right? We all have that, some of those, right? Friends that we have chosen to call our family. Or it's whoever your life touches. And I don't want anyone to say that this doesn't apply to them because you're here right now, and I see your life touching somebody just by being here. So this also includes your church family. Um, There's a Latin phrase. It goes like this. Nisi dominos frustra anyone heard it? Does anyone know what it means? Nisi Dominus frustra. And it means without the Lord frustration. It's actually the motto of Scotland. Uh, Val, I thought you'd like that. Uh, but it is, I, I heard that and I just loved it because it makes so much sense to me. Like that will preach all day. Nisi Dominus frustra. Without the Lord frustration. Without the Lord, vanity. Without the Lord, white-knuckling it. Without the Lord, striving. Without the Lord, a vicious stress cycle, right? Have you ever found yourself physically in a stress cycle where you are overworked, overtired. You're eating poorly because you're so stressed out and you're so tired. You're craving food that's bad for you. So you're just overworked, overtired. You're eating donuts and coffee and you're not fueling yourself and eventually you crash, right? And then you're having desperate prayers and just like a quick, like, you know, eating salads to try to get yourself back on track just to start the cycle over. Well, I want to talk to you about not letting that happen in the spirit. Today, All right. Are you in? Do you like that phrase? I just want someone to like get that tattooed or something. Nisi Dominus Frustra. Pamela says no, please. Maybe I will. I don't know. But I love that because it just covers it all. Without the Lord, frustration. Without the Lord, stress. All right, so I want to just go right into four things that I believe the Lord dropped into my spirit that that will help us live well with the Lord while we're here on earth, knowing that heaven is close heaven is close, but we're here right now. I, I look out and I see, you know, so many of you that I know, some of you I don't know, I don't know your story, but I see that you're here because you you love the Lord or you want to know more about the Lord. You're here because you, you understand the value of gathering together, right, of being in his presence. I don't know about you, but I, I almost felt hesitant walking up here because worship time was like a full meal for me anyway. Like that was like the whole thing right there, just the Lord meeting us. I felt, okay, Lord, what else do you have? But I know that His Word is alive and it is for us. So this morning, I want to challenge you today to live a life well done with the Lord. Live well while we're here on earth. How do we do that? Um, Well, we first remember Nisi Let me fix my microphone. How's that, James? It was fine? You want the handheld? Okay, we'll get the handheld. Do you have it? Nisi Dominus Frustra. Everyone remember? I hope you remember it. I hope you go home and write it down to remember without the Lord frustration. How do we live a life well done with the Lord? How do we live well while we're here on earth knowing that heaven is close? It's right over there, but it's not yet for us. We live a life that is well built. Faithful men and women work hard. Amen? The word tells us over and over, whatever your hand finds to do, do it well. Don't be lazy. Wake up with the sun. And then we get this psalm right in the middle that says, mm, unless, unless the Lord builds it, you build in vain. Unless the Lord watches it, why do you get up early and stay up late? Um, but I would say anyone who hears that and thinks, oh, I'll just let the Lord build my house and I'll just be, do nothing and wait, um, has missed it. No, In no way is the psalmist saying, don't work hard, don't work diligently, don't do a good job. God is not honored when we work in self-reliance, and God is definitely not honored when we um, walk in negligence with what he's given us. So I'm talking about the balance of, of stewarding well what he's given us with the knowledge that he is sovereign. He's in charge without the Lord frustration, without the Lord vanity. First Corinthians 15 says, be steadfast, immovable, knowing your labor with you labor is in vain. And Matthew 7:24 tells us a beautiful story about the wise men who built his house on the rock should we read it i'll just go i'll just turn to it Matthew 24 puts us in a, in the New Testament, um, right? Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's given his people just a really some practical ways to live, practical guidelines on how to behave as a believer. And then he says, listen, therefore, if anyone hears these words of mine and does what I said, is like the wise man who builds his house on the rock. When the wind comes and the storm comes and the rain comes and the storms will come, the house will stand because its foundation is good. But if you hear my words and don't do what I say, you are building your house no matter how beautiful, how elaborate, how well done. The house built on the sand, when the storm comes, when the wind comes, when the waves come, it will fall. We're we're New Englanders. We're familiar with storms, right? I think we have one coming. We know what happens to our beautiful beaches when we have a really bad winter or really bad rain. Anything that's built on the sand is washed away way. Every year, I love the beach. Every year we go, and the beach looks different because of the elements that have just just had its way. But the wise man knows, listens to what Jesus tells us, and builds on a firm foundation. So this morning, I want to ask you, where are you standing? Where are you building your life? I know that you're here because you know who God is. You know God is real. You know who Jesus is. He is Lord of your life. I hope a men, but I want to be, I want to take an editing eye and look at our life and say, what are we actually standing on? Pastor said a couple weeks ago, are you standing a little off the chief cornerstone? Are you building a little skewered, right? But I want to ask, are you building on the truth of who Christ says that you are? Have you poured your foundation so long ago that you haven't maintained it in such a long time? You have no idea what it looks like. I'm not a builder. I haven't even built my own home, but I do know if there's a problem with the foundation, it's a no-go, right? If it's if there's a problem in the foundation, it has to be fixed because anything put on top is just has a expiration date, right? I see some of you nodding your head. So, I'm right. Okay, good. Are you standing on the truth of who Jesus is—the God who created the whole world with His? with his mouth and his hands? Are you standing on the knowledge that he fashioned you in your mother's womb, that he created you with beautiful intention? Are you standing um, knowing the God who split the Red Sea, who raised the dead to life, who is still healing, still moving, still speaking to us? Or has your foundation been built on an antiquated truth that God is somewhere out there far away? Or has your foundation been built so long ago that you forgot and what you even believed in the first place and you've just been continuing to build. You know, it often takes one really bad mistake, one tragedy, one choice that isn't quite right to realize that our spiritual foundation has major flaws. And by then, it's often too late. And then you have to deal with the problem that just gets bigger and bigger. So I want to ask you very very confidently and very um pointedly what are you standing on when our when our oldest leo was a little girl and it was just her and i we go to the library a lot this was in connecticut and we went um to one you know craft hour every every day and they had this really cool exhibit it was dominoes you know dominoes stacked on top, stacked next to each other. You hit one and fall. So it went all the way around this big table, and it was enclosed, and the kids loved to look at it. I assumed that it was glued down or something, Um, but we hit on just the good day. There was a special event, and the dominoes were going to fall. So there were a lot of kids. You know how it goes, and it was really exciting, and the guy running the exhibit was Pretty fantastic. He made a big deal about how these dominoes were, how it was designed, how they were placed in specific spots, and hyped the kids up, getting them ready to knock it down. And I just kept thinking, how did this thing stay up this whole summer within this busy kids room? Anyone been in a kids room in a library? It's not that quiet. It's it's, it's loud. And he was, you know, he was asking the kids, how should we knock it down? Should we, you know, bump it? Should we blow it? on them, whatever. And he took out this big old drill with a really long drill bit. And I was thinking, okay, what is happening here? And he went over with a lot of fanfare, a lot of drama. We were all holding our breath, you know, and he unscrewed one tiny little screw from the base of this exhibit. I mean, you could hear a pin drop. And as soon as that, you know, as soon as that screw came out, I fell, the dominoes started to fall. And it was over like that. But it was really exciting. Everyone was cheering. I have never forgotten that because he went on to give us a lesson in, I don't know, science and physics and all this kind of stuff on how it wasn't how the dominoes were placed. It was the foundation that they were placed on that was designed, I guess this exhibit travels around, it was designed to withstand bumping and, and being knocked over. But that one um, change in the foundation weakened the whole thing and the dominoes went down just like that. And I would say to you, as your foundation well built, are you living on the truth of who God says you are? Um, are you living on the truth of who God is? We're living in a culture and a society that perpetuates the lie that we have to do it on our own, that we have to be a self starter. Good things, that we if no one is going to do it for us, if we don't take care of it, nobody will, right? But that removes the role of God in our life. That removes the idea that without the Lord, frustration, unless the Lord builds it we build in vain. You know what I'm saying? So I'm asking you today to take a good look and say, am I living, am I building my life on truth? Am I listening to the words that Jesus said and doing what he says? Because it's not enough just to hear him. We have to put it into practice. So I think that I was, I was trying to ask myself the question, okay, Stacy, live a life well built. I want to live well before the Lord. I've known the Lord my whole Life. I'm so grateful that I didn't have to go far away to, to know him and find him and stay with him. I'm grateful for that, but I want to be checking my foundation. I want it to be maintained. I, because listen, I'll preach identity all day. Pastor said last Sunday, remember, does anyone remember what he said in the beginning? the devil is a liar and he lies to you. And I'll tell you what, Monday morning I woke up and I was hit with all kinds of things. Every lie that I thought that I had moved away from just bombarded me. It just like fell on me. I mean, I was struggling in the physical because the weight of it was so heavy. And I haven't experienced that in such a long time. And I was like, Lord, I just was clapping, saying, amen. I know that the devil's a liar. Yet here I am even in the natural in the physical struggling against the what i know to be lies and i'm so, and i i'm so grateful that i i know who god is and i know who he says i am so i was able to you know get myself out of that and you know what tuesday morning i woke up i want to tell you i was fine and clear, but I wasn't. I still felt the effects of the lies of the enemy, and I'm so grateful for the tools that I have that I'm able to say, you can't talk to me like that. You can't talk to me like that. Amen. So, I want to tell you how do we live a life well built? We listen to the Lord, we learn what jesus said right the our, the god 's word is so live it 's living and it is so practical for right now today. We do what He says, and we remember who God is. Write it down if you forget God is our he is the great I am. He is our creator, right? He is master of our life. He is our provider, our healer. The Lord is our banner. He is the God who sanctifies us. He is the God who redeems us. He is the God who knows us by name. He is our peace, our righteousness, and our shepherd. The Lord is always present. He is the Lord of heaven's hosts, which means he, he leads the biggest army ever. He, the, our God walks from victory to victory. He is peace all the time. The Lord is our rock and he is high above all others. He is the God who sees me. Listen, no lie can stand up to knowing who God is. Nothing you say to me, I I, I challenge you, there's nothing that you can say that I can't to come back at you and say, no, my God sees you. You are not alone. You. It's not impossible. With God, all things are possible. God is who he says he is. He He is the everlasting God. He is a God of justice, but he is a God of forgiveness. He is a God who is near all the time, and he says that praise is our weapon. He is our salvation, and he is always, always, always faithful. Amen? So how do we live a life well built? First thing is we take an editing eye. We take a good look at the life we've built, and we say, what am I, where are the fault lines? Where are the cracks in my foundation? Where have I, where have I allowed the enemy to lie to me about who God is, about who God says that I am. Listen, you are saved by grace. You are made complete in the righteousness of God. You have been forgiven and you are now a son and a daughter of the King of Kings. You have been chosen, redeemed. You are no longer darkness but you are light. You are more than a conqueror. You house the Holy Spirit. Okay? Come on, church. You are victor not condemned. You are guarded by the God whose name is peace. You are accepted and healed and surrounded by his mercy. You are well planted. You are beautiful. Any lie from the enemy can be squashed by the word of God. You are whole. You are not damaged. You were created by a God who formed you in his mother's womb, who created you on purpose. You know that? He knows you. He fashioned your mind. He fashioned your body. He saw you in the darkness and brought you to life. You are special to him, 1 Peter 2, 9. You are, you are joyful, Romans 15. You are alive in him no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, Ephesians 2. Isaiah 43 says that we are precious. We are citizens of heaven, it tells us in Philippians, and we are wonderfully made. God calls us his beloved and that is something that we should not forget because every lie every every fault line every mistake everything goes back to our identity about a lie we believe about God or a lie we believe about ourselves uh, so i want to tell you how do we live a life well before the lord we live a life well built knowing who god is and knowing who he says you are Write it down, church. Write it down. Read it every day. Amen. The next next way to live a life well before the Lord is to live well-guarded. Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord watches over the city, listen, when the psalmist wrote that, the house was your life, your family. The city was the collection of homes that that came as your family grew. So when he's saying, unless the Lord watches your city, you watch in vain, he's talking about your life, your people, what's around you. So I hope that you're building on a firm foundation, but while you do, you need to guard what you've built. Those dominoes stood up because of its foundation, but when the foundation was rocked, it fell when we build our life, no matter how good our foundation is, when we start to cut corners or cheap out with what how we're living, we are still exposed. We are still, no matter what our foundation looks like, we are still vulnerable to the elements. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Um, we need to guard our life. I was uh, thinking, well, my husband reminded me of the Secret Service. Like that's the kind of guarding I'm talking about. An ever vigilant, like never stopping, never looking away, constantly searching for a threat. That's the kind of vigilance we need in our life if we want to live well before the Lord. Because it's really easy to say, I checked my foundation, we're good, and forget about the windows that should be protected, or the loose whatever. You use your imagination and find it. If we're not guarding our home, it will fall down like a house of cards. The devil is a liar, and he wants us to fail. Colossians 3, two says, set your mind on things above. Proverbs 4.23 tells us to guard our hearts because everything flows from it. What, what folly it is to build on a firm foundation and then cheap out with the life that we're building, you know? And unfortunately, church— the American church as a whole has gotten so passive in this culture that we're living. We have taken a step back and allowed things that should never, ever be allowed in the Christian's life. We have just, we have just made, um, dropped our guard. You know, in this, in the psalmist is writing because he knew if the guards weren't there, his, the, his life, his livelihood would be threatened. But we look away, we look the other way, we make allowance we shrug, we say it's not that bad. Romans twelve two says do not conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hebrews ten ten says that we are made holy, so be holy. Second Timothy says flee from all evil, listen. I know that this is easy for me to stand up here and say, I get that, but I am preaching to myself. I am speaking to myself because I want to live a life well built. I want to fiercely guard the presence of God in my life. I don't want to allow any threat to enter my physical home, my children, or my spiritual home, my children's spiritual home, right? I want to fiercely guard that. This is important because Galatians 5, Galatians 5 says to kill the flesh, but so often we just say, oh, the Lord knows my heart. It's not that bad. I, I know who God is, but we allow ourselves to be influenced by our culture that is anti-God. Why? I want to challenge you today to guard your life. Holiness is living away from darkness. It's being set aside for the Lord. Your, Philippians 4, 8, let's read that. Am I talking too fast? Take a deep breath, Church. All right, it's gonna be okay. <laughs> I hope you're laughing with me, not at me. All right. <laughs> uh, Philippians, Philippians four eight. If you don't know this scripture by heart, I hope that you memorize it because this is what it's uh, what it's all about. Are you living well guarded? Finally, brothers and sisters, think on these things. Whatever is true, whatever's noble, whatever's right... Whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever, whatever is admirable, whatever's excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or, pra- or heard from me, put it into practice. The God of peace will be with you as you still your mind and run every thought through this filter. This is like the best filter you put on and you never want to change. Everything you hear, is it true? Is it lovely? Does it point me to the Lord? Is it right? Not kind of right. Not kind of true. Not kind of lovely. Is it right? Is it true? God's word doesn't, there is no lack. It can't be broken. So that is what we should base everything through. Let's see. God's word is our standard. Guard your heart. Guard your mind, guard your spirit, guard what you see. Listen, we when we something happens when we come to Christ, right? All of a sudden we're seeing things through different eyes, and we're like, oh, I can't listen to that anymore. I can't watch that movie anymore. It's easy to see suddenly these things don't belong. But when we've been with Christ for a while, something happens, and we get complacent and passive, and we think, well, this is not like real pornography. It's just a little bit of pornography. This music is just nostalgic. It's not bad. This isn't really glorifying, you know, um, an affair. It's just, it's true love. It's just one drink. It's just two drinks. It's just social drinking. It's okay. I'm in control. It's fine. And before we know it, we have allowed everything in our culture to influence us in such a way that we forget to guard our mind, our heart, our spirit against anything else. And listen when that happens it only takes one thing too far and guess what no matter what our foundation is it's like a house of cards and what do we do we look around and say man i did it to myself because i stopped guarding what i did with my life and it happens slow it happens little by little and before you know it Listen, I'm, 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 I'm speaking from experience. I, you know, I'm a worshiper. I love music. But I have had to come to a place in my life. Look, music, entertainment, television, our lifestyles, politics, philosophy, all these things, right? They, they can be so good. They can bless our life tremendously. But they can also lie to us in such subtle ways we don't even know it. I love music. Music takes you on a journey. You start the song, the beat, the music. The, the pause, everything. It goes up, down, turn around. It takes you, one song can bring you through joy and sorrow and every, it's great, right? I love it. I love to be moved by music. But I have learned in my own life when I hear a song I like, I get it. It sticks in and I keep singing it. I have learned that in order to guard the presence of God in my life, there's music that I cannot listen to. And let me tell you, as a 90s kid, it's hard because 90s music is everywhere now. I'm at that age. It's on jingles. It's on commercials. It's in the grocery store. I have to purposely, I mean, I have literally said to the Lord, block my ears because I love that song back then. I love it and it brings good memories. It's not so bad, but it's not... It's not good for guarding the presence of God in my life. So I want to challenge you in a way, I hope you don't hear me, like this is not legalistic, this is not a list of do's and don'ts, but I want to challenge you to rise above without the Lord frustration, without the Lord vanity. What are some things that you have allowed into your life, some practices that you have allowed that really, they they aren't serving you well to guard the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you? <sighs> guard your house guard your life listen if you have kids if you have kids at home um as my two girls are up here Ava, I'm going to talk about you for a second. It's hard to say no to our kids, right, especially when we've already, like, allowed it. Like, we've already told them they could they could do something, and then we realize that probably wasn't a good idea, so we're going to take it back. That's really hard to do. Not too long ago, uh, my kids wanted to watch something, and they asked me. I had let them watch it before, and I had a check in my spirit, and I was like, I didn't answer right away, and I I think they kept asking, and I was like, "Okay," and I was thinking I couldn't formulate a no, so I just okay. And then my Ava, who is fierce and brave, she has a unique eye for justice. She came over to me and she said, "Mom, you can say no. I know you want to." And I was like, "You're so you're wise." Like I do. And her face was a little sad. I mean, she didn't want me to say no, but she picked up. I I wanted to say no, and I did. And it was a bummer, but they survived, and it was okay. Listen, we don't let our kids. We don't let our kids drink poison. Mamas, you know it. We don't let our kids run in the middle of the street. We don't, we don't let that happen. So why do we let, let video games or TV shows or any, like Why do we let them, those things feed their spirit, feed their atmosphere? Families, if you have little ones at home, guard the atmosphere in your home. It's your job. And, and it's hard to say no. And I, I'm, I'm saying this with the understanding that some situations, you know, you want to follow the leading of the Lord. But I would, I would lean towards the side of even if they're mad, even if they hate you for a moment, honoring God is worth it. Honoring God is better. In the long run, it's better. It's hard in the meantime. But guard your house, guard your life consider the source of what you're listening to man even even good things even sermons even even scriptures i i actually shared a reel on social media it was the, i thought the word of god it was beautifully done and i checked i listened to it again later on and realized man that's not even the scripture and if i didn't happen to listen to it again and kind of catch it it seemed like the word of god it was it was almost the word but whoever had put it together it wasn't and so consider the source of what you're listening to, what you're allowing feeds you. Um, Recognize your own weaknesses. Um, Maybe social media is not for you. Maybe like me, music is a weak spot. It pulls you places that you might not be bad, but they're not for you anymore. You know, and and again, stepping on toes, if there's music that you can't quit, if there's a TV show that you just can't stop watching, if there's a, a lifestyle choice or a behavior that you're just holding on to and you're making allowances for your spirit, like it's not that bad, it's not life controlling, whatever we do to lie to ourselves, I would ask you, what is carnal that you are feeding? Because even if it's not so bad, the devil's a liar. And he wants to twist what we love. So I would ask you, if there's things that you can't quit, take a good editing eye and look at what, is, what it's feeding in your spirit. Live a life well-built, well-guarded. And the third one is well-rested. Sleep, sleep is a gift, amen? Sleep is elusive. The, the psalmist says, Why? In vain you rise early and stay up late. You toil for food to eat. Why? Um, another version says, it's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your fingers to the bone. Um, the psalmist, again, is not saying, don't, don't have good practice in your life. Don't have good discipline. He's not saying that. It's, sometimes you have to work hard. You have to go work late. You have to get up early. In our home, we get up early. It's just like our and wall. My kids set the tone. I have a little early bird over there, Ella. When she was little, I actually brought her to the doctor, and I was like, please fix her. She wakes up at 4 a.m., ready to go. What is going on? And they, you know, did their due diligence. And our nurse practitioner, in her wisdom, said, you have an early bird. It's just your life now. And it is. And it's great. live a life well-rested. The psalmist is not telling us not to work hard, not to do our due diligence in taking care of the life that we have, but he's reminding us that natural fear protects us, right? Natural fear tells us don't touch the fire, don't run out into the middle of the street, those things. It protects us, but when natural fear turns into sinful worry, it leads us to the belief that God is not in control, that God is not holding our life, that God is not orchestrating it it. It's damaging. Luke 12, Jesus says, who among you can add even a minute to your life, an hour to your life by worrying? Nobody, clearly. So he says, why do you? Worry, the sad, I, I cringed at my own self when I wrote this, but worry is the opposite of faith. It's unbelief, and I I can be a worrier. I, I have to fight the black spiral because I can be worried about one thing and it can just lead me to the absolute worst. Like, my imagination is big. Right, babe? And I could just think, like, he knows if he's going to be late from work, he calls me and tells me I'm going to be late because my brain can just, like, take me to the dark place real quick. But I, I have learned to, that it's it's convicting. Worry is unbelief. When we um, are up at night because we can't sleep because we're worried about something, when we feel so, when we can't rest because we're so burdened. Listen, the burdens are real. I I get it. The worry is real. But when we can't even rest, which is God's gift to us, it says God gives His beloved sleep. Then we are we are limiting God in our life. That for me was a hard truth. But we need to. But we need to understand that worry is against what God ha- has for us. Worry sucks the life out of you. Storms will come. Worry will come, right? But we need to turn our eyes to Jesus. We need to breathe in the truth that um, we can rest in Him. Sleep might be fleeting, you know. I i, I don 't want if you can 't sleep at night i don 't want you to think oh i 'm not trusting God, but if you can 't sleep because of your burdens because you feel you feel the pressure of the next day 's to do list because you 're worried about your children real things you 're worried about health, all these things um, Turn your eyes to Jesus. Let him be the master builder, the one who guards your life, the one who um, gives you relief from the things of, the, of earth, right, in sweet sleep. Um, Romans 8.28. Uh, let's turn to it. <clears throat> I think somebody knows it. You know where I sit over there? It's a good spot to sit. You know why? Because there's a lot, of, a lot of believers over in that corner that know the word of God. So when pastor's preaching and he starts to say a scripture reference, they're already saying it. And I really, really, really appreciate that. Ladies, you know who you are over there. That's a good... That challenges me to hide God's word in our heart. I just don't want to mess it up. Okay. Romans eight twenty eight. Who knows it? We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Um, Isaiah 54 says, <clears throat> no weapon formed against me will prosper. The psalmist says, he, the Lord gives his beloved sleep. We already know the truth about who we are. We already know that he loves us so much and that he holds our life in his hands. So why would we think that he wouldn't give us a break from our worries, our troubles, our trials? He wants to give his beloved sleep. Um, <clears throat> I... That, it's a hard one. It's a tough one. It, is, it was really convicting for me, but I want to challenge you today to live well before the Lord, not discounting... The, the storms are heavy, the troubles are heavy, the stuff is real, but you are not alone. That's a lie. You don't have to do it all by yourself. God is for you. Sometimes we love to give the, the devil so much credit and say, the devil's against me, he wants to kill me, all true things. He's after my family, that's true. But God is for you all the time, all the time. So no matter what the enemy has, we sing it, right? Right? Willie, I'm looking at you. Late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. You know, uh, the, one of the priv- the the cool things about being up here is when we sing songs, sometimes I can see your face. And I know which songs, like, you get it. And that's the song, my brother, I always think of you. But we sing late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. He's going to w- work in our favor. So why are we up tossing and turning? Why are we toiling? Why are we eating the bread of anxious toil, eating the bread of, of um, painful labor? Why do we do that when the Lord loves us and he wants to give us rest? The last Thing I want to tell you, challenge you, living well with the Lord, live a life well fought. Listen, the, the psalmist gives us all that information on building our life and our home and our community, telling us, Nisi Dominus Frustris, without the Lord, frustration. And then he switches and he says, Okay, don't you see that children are God's best gift? The fruit of the womb, his generous legacy? Like a warrior's fist full of arrows, are the children of at one's youth oh how blessed are you parents with your quivers full of children your enemies don't stand a chance against you you'll sweep them right off your doorstep first timothy six eleven says but you men and women after god's heart flee sin build your life on a good foundation pursue righteousness what you build don't cheap out don't cut corners don't make allowances for the world Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance. Fight the good fight of faith. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? But against principalities. We are in a spiritual war. Romans 8.3 says, if God is for us, who's against us? Listen, I've I've heard this scripture over and over as um, a young mom, mommy, lots of mommy bloggers uh, write about it and say that, yes, like children, children, Children are arrows in the hands of a warrior. Our job is to raise them well and send them off. And I love that. I believe that to be true. Um, But I read some historical commentary, and I got a little different slant on it. That just, like, kind of hit me. As a mommy who's kind of in the middle now, my kids are, you know, my youngest is going to be 13 this year. um, It's changing. (sighs) But I I realized the, the historical commentary is saying that, The Lord is, uh, the psalmist is just pointing us back to the truth that children are the one thing. Man, Pinocchio is just a story. We can't make children. Only God can create a child, right? So he's just pointing back to the sovereignty of God. And he's pointing again to when he talks about the house and the city, he's pointing to your life your family, your circle of influence, your church community, right, and saying a father who had many sons and daughters, when there was a dispute at the gate, when there was a threat at the gate, when he would show up with his sons and daughters, That was intimidating, right? He was protected. He was defended. The arrows in his quiver, his children, were not to be sent out, but instead to stand by him, to push back the enemy with him. So today I want to challenge you to understand that the devil is what? A liar. And he wants to break down family. He wants to break down community. He wants to tear churches apart. But I would say to you today, man, the devil wants men to be little babies, right? He wants to keep them tied to their mommy. He wants women to want to be men. He wants children to be unwanted, used as a commodity, okay? That's the devil's plan, which is in direct opposition to what God has for family, for men and women for children fashioned in the womb, life at conception. Amen? The devil wants to tear it down and keep you weak, keep you powerless. But I would say to you, live a life well fought. Stand together. Let's bring it right here in your family, in your community, in your circle of influence, and right here in your church. Let's stand together and push back at the enemy at our gate because we are better together. Amen? Amen. I would say to you, let's no longer be passive, accepting of all things, but instead stand on the word of God that is true, that is painfully true, that tells us what is right and what isn't. Romans 12 says we overcome evil with good. Psalm 144, Four says the Lord trains our hands for war. Second Corinthians 10 says use his weapons. They have power. So women, mothers, grandmothers, empty nesters, single women, where, wherever you are in life, I would challenge you today to stand knowing who you are in Christ. You are a queen in his court and you should walk like one. You should stand like one wearing your armor that is not cumbersome, that is not too big, that doesn't belong to a man, but was fashioned just for you. It's like futuristic tactical gear that moves in any situation, whether you are mothering children, whether you're watching them grow up from afar, whether you have grandchildren or neighbor kids or our kids downstairs. Be the queen in the king's court. Wear your shield and your sword. Stand in strength and submission to the godly men in your life, whether it's your husband or your brothers in Christ. I would encourage you to walk in strength and femininity who God fashioned you to be. Whew, hallelujah, and know that you were fat, you were created. Women, listen, you were created to be helper, yes, but also ally to your spouse and to your brothers in Christ. So stand in that shield and sword, amen. And fellas, I don't want to forget you. Let's push back, man. Let's push back against the lie of the enemy that says that men today are weak, that they are lovers of self, that they are overindulgent, that they're that they're tired and lazy, right? Fellas, will you stand and recognize that you are an image bearer of our warrior God? You were fashioned an image bearer of the King of Kings. Listen, I'll preach identity all day. Men, will you begin to put aside the things that you have not been that you have been allowing into your life? Let your children see a man who speaks with purpose, humble yet confident. Let the children of the church see you worshiping listen i don 't want my kids to grow up thinking that one, two, three, four men worship God. I want them to see a company of men who are strong worshipers of the Lord. So I would say today to you, listen, how do we live well in this in-between knowing that heaven is right over there? How do we live well knowing who Jesus is but being bombarded with lies? Check your foundation. Guard your heart and your mind. Listen, listen, delete it. If it's, if it's affecting you, shut it off. Delete it. Change the voices. Guard what God has given you. Guard the presence of God in your home. If it's your kids, just say no. They're not going to hate you forever. I know. I, <laughs> Be well rested. Tonight, fall asleep. No, say, God, I feel burdened, but I know that with you, all things are possible. I know that I'm not alone. Tear down the lies of the enemy and live a life well fought, walking in who God says you are, because our time here is short, and it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder, and it is necessary, so... With that, I'll call Pastor up and I and and again. (laughs)
0: thank you sister praise the Lord remain standing if you would Stacey you just crossed a threshold you know you just crossed over something you spoke truth you spoke truth I kept, I was sitting there thinking, I'm hearing Rocky music in the background here. (laughs) I'm hearing, it's time for the fight. Get it on, get it on. But um, wow, so well built, well built, well guarded, well rested, and well fought. Well said. said. Amen, Jason. All right, well, we have to pray out of here, but uh, I think, uh, let's see. Well, let's put it this way. If you want to respond to that message, come up here and just fill up the front. Whoever wants to respond to that message, God knows. God knows what you're dealing with. And, at, and then we're going to pray for you. Just come on up. I see some young men are here. God bless you guys. Good, good to have you in the house of the Lord. Glad you're here today. All right. All right, look at that, look at that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I always wanted church to be a place where life's changed. I always wanted, I, well, I want that every week. You know, we call this our altar where people come up. But that that's all symbolic of Old Testament altar. The altar is where they put sacrifices. The animals died on the altar. The blood was sprinkled on the altar. So when we come to the altar, we're saying to the Lord, I give up, I, I, I give you my life I give you my stuff Because I can't deal with my stuff anymore I just give it all to you So everybody, you know, God knows why you're here God knows how, why you came to church today Those online, God knows why you're paying attention And why you're engaging right now, it's good God saw you when you woke up this morning. He saw you when you were getting ready for church. What you had for breakfast, if you had any. (laughs) The Lord knows your life. He knows what you needed. And I believe with all my heart, God just gave you what you need. Gave all of us, gave me what I needed today. I needed to hear this today. This was a good word. This is a good word. This is like a... God is doing something in our church. Do you realize that, all of you? God is doing what we call a new thing. It's not a new thing, but it's a new thing for us. He's t- taken us to a higher place. I like what you said about the men. Satan would love for the men of the church to be down, but the Lord wants to elevate the men. I told the men on the Zoom on Thursday, so as the men go, so goes the church. And we had a little, little thing going on, on on the Zoom meeting. It was very powerful. And a lot of the men responded to that. So if you need salvation, God knows. If you need a recommitment, God knows. If you just need God's grace, God knows that too. If you need to be encouraged, God knows that. Whatever you're dealing with, God knows the struggle that you're in. Family, money, kids, whatever. Whatever's going on. Relationships. So I'm going to pray, and uh, then we'll be free to do whatever you want to do. Father, Lord God, thank you for your word. Lord, it's so good to sit under the preaching of your word. We're blessed. We are blessed to have the freedom to proclaim and to respond to the word of God. Lord, for anyone that's here this morning that needs salvation, we invite you into our lives to be our Savior today. Anyone that needs forgiveness, Father, we we repent, and we ask you to forgive us of our sins, Lord, right now. Please, we lay it down at the altar. Lord, for anyone that's uh, discouraged with life, with where they are, what, what position they hold in life, Father, we give you our life today. We give you our past, our present, our future. We invite your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and to direct our steps, Lord, that you would pick us up, dust us off, and send us out as your ambassadors in these last days. Lord, we pray, according to Psalm 127, that you will build our lives, you will build our homes, you will build our our families, you will build our existence. And we know we've got our homework to take care of things as a, as, a, as a builder of our lives. But we look to you, Lord, as the master builder, the architect of our lives, who knows the beginning from the end. We pray, Lord, that the days you give us on earth will be well lived and surrender to your lordship. Lord, when it's all said and done, may people remember us as a man or a woman of faith that always trusted God. And so we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We invite you in to be our Savior. We invite you in to be our leader. We invite your Holy Spirit to be our guide and our comfort. Lord, for any broken hearts today, any broken lives we're glad to be here in your presence. We need to, you to rebuild us, comfort us, redirect us, oh God. Heal the hurts in our lives and let us learn and be better from the hurts in our lives that we could be a, we could be a voice to someone that needs to hear that God is able. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for Stacy, Lord. Thank you for Dan. Thank you for Dan's love and support for the family, Lord. Bless him. Bless his work here at the church, which he does so many things above and beyond the call of duty. Thank you, Lord, for him. Bless their family, oh God. Raise them up, Lord. Raise them up. Thank you for their ministry among us. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I want to pray for our children right now the ones downstairs, the ones that aren't here today, the ones that maybe are with, a, with a, a different family member right now. But we pray, Lord, for our young people to have a heart after you. Thank you for the young men in the sanctuary this morning. Lord, bless them. Let them be encouraged that you love them. You see them. You embrace them. You like them. And you're with them. And let, us, let them always feel welcome in our fellowship. Father, thank you that you're doing a new work at New Life right now thank you, Lord. You're doing it. You're stirring the pot, Lord. I know it. I've I've been feeling it for a couple of weeks. You're stirring the pot. You're stirring us up. Lord, help us to get rid of the old, to welcome in the new. Help us, Lord, to lay down our lives every single day and to live for you every single day. Lord, raise us up above and beyond what we could think we would ever do for you. Raise us up to be good stewards of our faith. And we thank you for that, Lord. So, Father, As we leave this service today, let us not leave you. Let us just leave here excited and and, and willing and able to live our lives out there under the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray for a fresh baptism in your spirit today. We pray, Lord, for the gift of the Holy Ghost. We call it the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We pray, Lord, for a second work of grace, the the empowerment of your your presence to give us the power we need to be a good disciple of yours. So, Lord, we thank you for salvation. We pray for the baptism in your Holy Spirit, that we would have a power from on high, Acts 1-8, to be your witness. Let it begin in our own homes, oh God. Let it begin at our workplace, at our school place, at our shopping place. Let it begin in our families, Lord. But let us have a new boldness and a new power from on high to be a witness for you, Lord. Help us to put the things down that we know we should be putting down and to pick up the things we should be picking up. Father, moving forward, as we get ready for... Uh, This day, we get ready for this week. Lord, may every ministry that we're involved with bear good fruit for the kingdom of God. Father, we pray for next Sunday. I want to pray for next Sunday, Lord, right now. Unless you come back between now and then, that's okay too. But Lord, if we're still here next Sunday, we pray that next Sunday will be an awesome day in your house. That this place would be filled with hungry hearts that need to know you as Lord and Savior and want to grow in their faith. We pray, Lord, that people would actually get here early, ready to worship, ready to, ready to press in, ready to do whatever we have to do to shake off the old and put on the new. We pray, Lord, that we would have on the armor of the Lord all week long, that we would not be beaten up and not be uh, swayed by the enemy, that we would be protected from the wiles of Satan that want to tear us down. So, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for Stacy sharing that word. We pray your blessing over this fellowship, over those here at the altar, those online as well. Let us leave here, Lord today, feeling encouraged, encouraged and blessed that we're sitting under the word of God. May your word be our guide, Lord. So we thank you, we praise you, we give you all the glory, all the honor. And this we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen, and amen, and amen. All right, listen, turn around and say hi to somebody. Embrace somebody real quick. Just let somebody know that you, you see them today. And you're welcome to fellowship as long as you need to. God bless you.